Welcome back to Gathering Israel. I'm your host, Emma Wozniak, and this week we are going to be talking about the April 2020 General Conference. I'm going to be talking about it with some of my friends via an audio call, so that way we can talk about our favorite parts of it, the Hosanna Shout, the new document, and just different things like that. Can you start it? We'll go down the line and could introduce yourself. You have to say anything personal, but a little bit about yourself. Um, oh, I gotta pick an Amber. <laughs> Amber Winter to start. Yeah, sure. Um, hi, I'm Amber Winterton. I am the president of the seven, 16 to 18 year old class. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get down and dirty. <laughs> what about <laughs> get down and spiritual? Um, I'm Amber. I Amber Glorious, one of the two Ambers. Um, I'm years old. Um, and I like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's all you need to know. Ashton, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, I'm Ashton. I'm also 17. Amber Glorious is my twin sister, and we really enjoyed conference, and we're excited to get down and dirty and talk about some gospel topics <laughs> and what we learned. Not too dirty. <laughs> Taryn, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, I am Taryn Christensen. I'm not part of any class presidency, but because I'm not doing anything, I was chosen to represent my ward in planning youth conference. Ooh, so hey. that's and I've only been to one meeting. But that's fine. <laughs> doing this podcast over an audio call, so don't worry, we're not getting each other sick with the coronavirus. <laughs> yes. Social fine. distancing, everybody. Nice. Yes. What was the most memorable part of conference for you? And anybody can just hop in and say anything. I want it to be like a group discussion. Well, I'll just jump in with one of the most obvious um, with the Hosanna shout. Mm -hmm. That was the first time that we um, had the opportunity to be united as a whole ward church plus a little to do that shout together. And I think that's a beautiful way to worship Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, especially um, this Easter season, and just to show our unity as a church and as one people um, of our Heavenly Father. Completely agree. The, the document that came with it, I have to say, I did not expect that. That's something that I don't think any of us could have anticipated, was getting a new document. That was um, definitely cool. Yeah. In the whole conference, it was definitely focused around the restoration of the gospel, and that document Here's a little cherry on top. Um, so, it's a Hosanna shout before. No. no. That was my first time. Never. So, we all got to enjoy it together. It is definitely cool. One in spirit. Oh, yeah. So, I asked you ladies if you could find your favorite part of the document. And share it with us and why it's your favorite. Taryn, since you came up with the idea, do you want to start? 
Uh, okay, I had a few, a, a lot of parts. So, um, in the beginning, it kind of impressed on me that uh, it kind of explained that we follow Jesus Christ and why we follow him, because a lot of people are always confused on, like, who we worship and such, and I thought that was just kind of neat. And also the part where it says, um, through the Father and the Son, heavenly messengers came to instruct Joseph and reestablish the Church of Jesus Christ. And I also thought that that was cool because, like, it disproves the um, the uh, rumor that Joseph Smith created the Church by himself, but he was only an instrument. And that just kind of stuck out to me, and I like those parts. Cool. What about you, Ashton? Do you have a favorite part? It's hard to yes, choose. and I'm trying to find it right now. There was one part that I just absolutely loved, and it was because it's an invitation from us straight from Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, it's he invites all of us to come unto him and his church to receive the Holy Ghost, the ordinances of salvation, and to gain enduring joy. And I love that these invitations, again, come straight from him. And he has, like, inspired prophets and apostles on the earth who have the authority to speak to us from him. I just think that's a really beautiful thing. And I think it's amazing that that we have a Savior who not only loves us and did what he did for us, but he's willing to keep doing things for us, to keep inviting us to receive blessings, to participate in ordinances, and to gain enduring joy. That's something that you can't get anywhere else. You can only get it through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I really like mm. that, too. Awesome. Um, definitely the whole, I love, I agree with you. I love that there was an invitation in there. So it's not just we're telling you, we're inviting you to join with us in appreciating and worship the Savior. Like yeah, that. and there was actually another part in that same paragraph um, that's equally beautiful to me. It's, this church is anchored in the perfect life of its of its chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ, and his infinite atonement. Oh, come I just on, love Ashton. the fact that we are church. going to touch on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and Amber can piggyback um, off of what I'm about to say, but I just love the fact that we're anchored in the life of Christ. Um, I think that statement really um, puts weight to the fact that we're a living church. We're growing and um, we put our faith in a living being, and maybe Amber can can add some light to that. <laughs> yeah, Amber. Do um, well, uh, hang on. I actually uh, let me let me find. Um, that was definitely a part that I loved because um, it helps us to remember that, um, like he is where our beginning and our end like he um is the sole focus of like our purpose and what we're doing um but i also really liked in this proclamation how it talked a lot about overcoming death um and that was also talked about a bit in conference in general as just like um how both sides of the veil are working together um so there's a part can't mm. Hold on. Aha. Okay. Um, it says others came as well, including Elijah, who restored the authority to join families together forever 
and eternal relationships that transcend death. So I just, it's kind of going along with what Ashton said about how we can have eternal blessings um, and how like our purpose and our blessings go beyond just this life and the time we have on this earth, um, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Um, and it can be scary to think about an eternity and no end. But when you think about being with the people you love and have constant opportunities to grow and to serve others and just be happy, that's absolutely beautiful. And I just love that. Feeling all the good ones. Okay, Amber Glorious, did you have anything else to add? Amber? I think she got disconnected. Okay, there you are. Sorry. I thought you got disconnected. Yeah, sorry. I'm on Ashton's phone right now. Mine crashed. But, um, no. I know, I know. But I have the same favorite line as Ashton, um, the invitation where he invites all of us to come unto him and his church and to receive the Holy Ghost, the ordin ordinances of salvation, and to gain enduring joy. Um, one part that I like is just the wording. He invites all of us, not just the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, not just those who hold temple recommends, not just like those who think they're worthy. He invites everyone, no matter who you are or where you are or what you think of yourself, you're welcome to come into his church. And... Not only are you welcome, but you're needed in the church and you will just totally fit in no matter who you are, because that's just the type of church we are. And that's just the type of person Jesus is. He will accept anyone and everyone. Um, so that's why I like the wording of that. And then also the last line to gain enduring joy. I think that's just such a cool line. Like it, it just sounds nice and it's so simple as Jesus and God always are. They don't like, they don't speak with confusion like Satan. They don't speak with temptation. They're just laying it all out. Like we're willing to give you eternal joy, enduring joy. If you come and join our church and just like come into our fold and join the people we can offer you enduring joy. So that's what I really like about the proclamation. That was definitely awesome. one of my favorites. Then, favorites. Yeah. And there were two other really like that stuck out to me. Uh, there was a part that said he reminded Joseph had questions regarding the salvation of his soul and trusted God to direct him. And he was very faithful in Heavenly Father and I fact that he had questions and he didn't turn to society he didn't turn to worldly influences he turned straight to god and said please help me i don't know what to do and that really is something that i work on and i thought that was really cool and then my second favorite line was the last, like the last paragraph it says we affirm that god has known his will for his beloved sons and daughters we testified those who study the message of the restoration of active faith will be blessed to gain their own witness of divinity and of its purpose to prepare the world for the promised second of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it just sounds, it sounds so like magical to be like God's, you know, in like every second of our life, let it be. And that He's helping us to get where we need to be to get that enduring joy that we're talking about. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I love that part too. And I have any favorite talks you wanted to mention? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I'm like going through my journal right now, looking at all my notes. 
Um, I've, I have a couple that I really like, actually. One of them was um, Uchtdorf's, uh, President Uchtdorf, mm-hmm. specifically his quote that our church has kind of coined, come and see, come and help, come and stay. And he added some terms to it. So the order that he said it was come and see, come and help, come and serve, come and stay, come and belong. So that's another invitation for anyone and everyone who want enduring joy to just come into this church and find their part, whether it be helping people, serving people, and they can just come and know that they belong and they can come and stay for as long as they want and then some more in eternity and just find that belonging and find that joy and find that true happiness that only the church of Jesus Christ offers. So I thought that was really cool, especially in this worldwide pandemic that's going on that Elder Dorf reached out to the whole entire world, members and non-members, and said, things might be crazy right now, but you can come into this place where you have a role, where you will belong, and where you will have eternal joy, and you can stay here as long as you want. Definitely. Aren't you sure that's like always the best, though? So I think that's kind right. of a pass. <laughs> Just let me pick the three. Um, um, ah. Sorry. <laughs> Anybody else? Anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> sorry. I feel like I'm interrupting people. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Um, so I definitely, um, Uchtdorf's talk was probably my favorite, um, but I really liked the overarching theme of, like, love and accepting, um, everybody else. Of course, there was a theme of the restoration, but, um, I really liked this year how they, like, invited, they sent out invitations to everyone. Like, we have this worldwide fast, and we have, um, like, all of these invitations to come and stay, and um, it's really incredible. I had a really cool experience the other night. Um, my friend Anson, who is an investigator-ish, um, he's very spiritual. Um, so he invited me to a worship night, um, that he did over a Zoom call. And I was able to go and join that with actually a couple other missionaries. And the big impression I had that entire time was just how love brings like us all together like that love of Christ and that love that he showed to us um one of my favorite quotes from uh first John is actually we love him because he first loved us and so that example that he gave to us is what we can then emulate and it brings the world together um which I think is so cool even through different religions and different um, ideas we can all come and unite in that definitely and I love oh what was it that you said we uh, love him because he first loved us mm-hmm. here love... I can find that uh, scripture if you want me to say for her that for cool um I'm gonna go ahead and just mine a good foundation against the times to come by elder Gary E. Stevenson that one was one of my favorites. It was a lot about how we can prepare for, um, like, the 
process emphasized that it's going to get hard. And it was talking about how we can prepare for those harder times, um, learn so much of it, and just different things like that. And it's a really cool talk. Um, I really like that one. I love all the talks. Um, yeah. So that verse was First John four nineteen. Anybody wanted it? Let's write that one down. Thank you. Thank you for finding that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, my favorite talk was probably Jeffrey R. Holland's talk, A, per- yes. a Perfect Record of Hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, where he talked about what he would want if he was in, like, 1820 and such. And the part that really stuck out to me was when he was talking about uh, what he would want God to be like. And he says, quote, yes, our hopes in 1820 would have been to find God speaking and guiding as openly in the present as he did in the past, a true father, in the most loving sense of that word. He certainly would not have been a cold, arbitrary autocrat who predestined a a select few for salvation and then consigned the rest of the human family to damnation. No, he would be one whose every action by divine declaration would be for the benefit of the world, for he loved the world and every inhabitant in it. That love would be his ultimate reason for sending Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, to the world. I mean, to the earth, end quote. Um, I really like that because whenever my friends will talk about how they believe in God and what he's like, it always just strikes me as um, cold and not comforting. And I'm just really glad that... uh, how we believe in God. He's like our father and he knows us and we know him and we can always uh, gain a better relationship and he always knows what we need. And that just uh, really helps me. Yeah. I love the idea of awesome. walking up to heavenly father and just giving him a warm big hug. So perfect. And yeah. So I agree <laughs> with you on that one. <laughs> Does anybody else have any favorites? Yes. So I really liked, um, the second talk given, it was Shall We Not Go On in So Great a Cause by M. Russell Ballard. Maybe it was the first talk. And he talked a little bit about church history um, and like the founding father, if you will, of the restoration. He talked a lot about Joseph Smith and, and the sacrifices that he had to make um, so that we would have the church that we have today. And he also talked a lot about Hiram, Joseph's brother. Um, Hiram is older than Joseph. And I am just really um, inspired by Hiram's dedication to the gospel and to his brother, Joseph. And um, President, or yeah, Elder Ballard, sorry, actually taught us that um, the Lord gave Hiram a special blessing that he would have the chance to avoid death and to choose to like walk away if he wanted to um, because of his faith. And because of this, when Joseph and Hiram were facing death, they were about to die. Um, Hiram had the opportunity to actually run away with his family to safety. But he said, and uh, sorry, Joseph encouraged him to run away with his family and to like not die, obviously, because that's what a good brother would do. But Hiram also being a good brother replied, Joseph, I cannot leave you. And I think that Hiram's faith in that instance is just really inspiring. And I don't know if I know a lot of people who would have said that um because he left his family without a father like his wife without a husband his friends without like a church leader he left all that so that he could seal with blood his testimony of the book of mormon so i thought that faith was really inspiring 
definitely. That was, oh my gosh, like, I can't even begin to, like, talk about how amazing the talks were. And just the first two, they're like, all right, we're going to start. We're going to hit you hard. We're going to flood you with information. Yeah. That, yeah. That first session was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else have any favorite talks before we move on? So I kind of want to jump back in because I just kind of talked about a theme. Um, <laughs> I really like there was um, Ben Ty. I think it was Benjamin Ty um, and his whole uh, theme basically and all the thing he was talking about is just that we are enough. Um, and there was that he said paraphrasing um, I know you're here and I know you're trying. Do your best and I will take care of the rest. Um, so I just really like uh, oftentimes we do not give ourselves enough credit for the progress we have made and the things that we're doing and the choices we're making. Um, and I really liked how his talk was kind of a wake up call for me um, that I am doing okay and I, I'm on the right path um, and I'm not going to be perfect. I am far from it, uh, but that Christ is there. Um, and from John McCune's talk, he said, Christ is joy. Um, so that's kind of, kind of going along with it, that just like we can find solace in our imperfections through him, um, which is incredible. So, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Um, I, just, I just, oh, sorry. Am I interrupting anyone? Oh, no, it's fine. I was just going to be brief. Uh, I like the talk Ensuring a Righteous Judgment by Elder James Arasband and how he just talked about that we can know that the people that we hurt can also be healed because I know I make a lot of mistakes and that's something that I worry about sometimes and that just really helped. Yeah, so I realize what you just said with what Amber Winterton just said. Um, it's about like the feeling that maybe sometimes we feel that we're not enough and just how Christ does not want us to think that at all. And how Satan's goal is to try to trick us into thinking we're not enough and that we can't do it. Whereas Jesus Christ is always there to provide us with like the aid and the rest and solace that we need. Um, I just wrote this down in my notes and I'll just read it because I think it's kind of neatly written and I wouldn't be able to just say it as I wrote it. So I wrote... He is with you. If you're wrestling with something, struggling, getting your hands dirty, he is with you in the mess, even in the dirt. If you don't see that, then you're blinding yourself. And if you're trying so hard to see him, but you just can't, you're doing something wrong. And if you're doing something wrong, but you just don't know what or how to fix it or how to recognize him and you feel guilty, stop it right now. That's exactly how Satan wants you to feel. Don't be ashamed if you're having a hard time recognizing him, but please do not settle for not knowing. Please do not. Your Heavenly Father sent you here to gain knowledge. He knows that you can do it. He needs you to do it. He has a work for you to do, and he will help you. That's my little nugget of sunshine. <laughs> this is why I'm so glad this is being recorded, so we can, like, keep this and share it with people. Oh, my gosh, y'all are so good. Um, <laughs> well, one of the, uh, the prophet's big emphasis throughout most of his talks, and I'm pretty sure all of his talks, was the emphasis of hear him and how when the Savior speaks, he, um, I'm sorry, not when the Savior speaks, when Heavenly Father speaks, it's on a rare occasion 
very important that we listen to him. And most of the time saying is listen to my son. And he said how he talks about how that invitation wasn't Joseph Smith um, for all of us and how all of us should listen to the Savior. Um, did any of y'all have anything on that topic of hear him that you really liked from conference? Um, I just think it's a really fun thing to think about, like, a little more deeply about how we hear him in our everyday lives. It doesn't even have to be, like, in a big, grand way, but just the simple ways that we notice him. So it's kind of been fun to pay a little more attention to that throughout my day and just, um, like, ask myself if there's anything that I'm doing that I think helps me hear him or anything that I could be doing better. One thing I've noticed is just really simple but every morning, Amber and I go to a park near our house and we run or walk and just like enjoy nature. And I've recognized it a lot more recently, especially in the conference, that as I'm running and just like soaking in the world around me and the nature that God has created for us, I see him in that and I hear him. I see his love for us in the world around us, um, the love that caused him to create such a beautiful world for us, a world with green trees and blue water and birds and bugs and all the beautiful things that sometimes we take for granted. But I think that the earth itself speaks to us that he is there and that we can hear him. Definitely. And I mean, that's something we think of being able to have a seminary, which I miss, but get to do things like going outside early in the morning, going for a run. And I really like that. We're able to do that. Sorry, I got kicked out. What was the was the question? How do we hear him? Oh, actually, yes. We're going to make that the question now. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my phone had an issue on it. Kicked him anything that you've got. Okay. Topic. Um, well, yeah, I'm definitely on the same page. Um, I There's a couple couple of different ways my mind is trying to process this. Um, trying to get out the words there's a part um let me see if I can try and find the talk uh basically somebody said that we every day we should be um thinking about what we're grateful for and the blessings that we have um in our everyday lives because that um instills like humility and um gratitude and just all these blessings but I asked my friend the other day um because it's kind of like a long distance thing. So we like ask each other like questions to keep things interesting. Um, and one of them was, what do you consider a wasted life? Um, and I definitely think it's when people just don't open their eyes um, and they can't see the beauty that's around them. And all of the things that we have. Um, so I think Definitely the, the way that I hear him is through nature. Um, I went on a walk. I think it was after, it was right before the last session of conference. I just went on a walk because I wanted to, to feel the spirit like I had a couple minutes ago. It was after the Hosanna shout. Um, and I just... I that I've walked that path my driveway probably a billion times and that was the first time I like 
truly saw its beauty, I guess. And like, I just saw like the blue sky and like the birds were like chirping and I was listening to uplifting music. And it's just when you understand what you have been given and you just let yourself forget about all of your worries and just have faith and trust that it's going to be okay. It's like a whole nother world. It's incredible. Definitely. And real quick, I'm going to pop in and share this little quote that I liked from President Nelson. It says, the admonition given to Joseph Smith is for each of us. Seek in every way we can. And nature is definitely a way that um, we can seek to hear him. And I completely agree with you guys. We have nature surrounding us. It is definitely where it speaks to us, sometimes the strongest. Um along with temples and, you know, other things that sadly we can't go to right now. But, uh, but yeah, I love that it says that we are to seek in every way we can because it's not so much of a Heavenly Father, come to me, help me Holy Spirit, it's more so let me search for it and I know that it will help me in being able to feel that connection, learn from these things, personal revelation, stuff like that. Anybody else got anything they want to share? Um, well, I guess the ways that I hear him are not so big. It's usually just little things that I'll notice when I uh, feel down or alone. And um, I guess I just get an overwhelming sense of he's there. And... I guess that helps me then see the things that I have and what I should be thankful for so that I don't um, focus on the things that are going bad right now and think, why can't I be better when I need to try to focus on things that I am doing good at? Because I'll get focused on how I'm not doing as great as I want to. And that will just make me feel that I don't know I'm just not doing as good as others want me to do either well I promise you that you are doing amazing thank you of course all of you are doing amazing and all of you are light of Christ well if if you have any final words speak now Otherwise, we're going to move on to Women in the Priesthood, which was something big that me and my family talked about before conference. We had a few questions, and one President Nelson in last conference um, in October said that women should study, in the women conference, he said um, we should study scriptures, I forget exactly what they were, but um, reference at least and different things like that so definitely had and a lot of them were answered in um is it called it was called united and accomplished god's work by gene b bingham mm-hmm. karen do you know this gene b bingham by any chance just a little bit <laughs> your grandma right yes cool does that 
have any parts of any talk that talked about in the priesthood. If not, I can hop in real quick while y'all about that. Um, I liked when she said, women who are set apart under the direction of one holding priesthood keys, keys operate with priesthood authority in their homes. So even us as like young women, when we have the callings, we have the ability to help uh, other people within our callings and access that power. And I also liked where it says, um, this isn't a direct quote, but it was something like the heavens are just as open to women who are endowed with priesthood power and keep their temple covenants as they are to men who hold priesthood. Obviously I'm not endowed yet, but um, it's just so cool to think that when I will, when I am endowed, that I'll be of that same um, godly power. I might be holding the key directly, but I will have access to that power if I ever need it. Um, and just like so amazing to hear of all these cool stories of like missionaries or different um, women who are accessing the power of the priesthood in helping other people to feel better or to know how to serve them just right so that way they bear it and just different things where it's just like you wouldn't think about it that way but when you think about it that way it's more powerful and it really is very powerful um yeah does anybody else have anything they want to add um i can jump uh, in right now if that's okay go ahead, go ahead you're good okay so i feel like well, men and women obviously have different roles. Um, that's part of God's plan. And I feel like sometimes Satan will use those differences and try to make us think that they're bad. So, um, for instance, people think, oh, men can hold the priesthood. Women can't. What does that mean for women? But I try not to think of it as something that's bad because it's really not. And God never intended for women to feel demeaned because they don't hold priesthood keys because they have their own very special, very particular role that they were meant to fill. And that's not a bad thing at all. It's not one is better than the other. It's hand in hand together. Men and women have all of the power that they need to receive eternal life and to live with heavenly father again. And the difference isn't a bad thing at all. And like Emma was saying, we all have access to God's power. Every worthy soul on this earth can have access to God's power. Every soul in general can have access to God's power by becoming worthy to access it. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter if you're a child or adult or if you're in Russia or in America or if you're black or white or it doesn't matter your gender or sexual orientation. Like, literally everyone can have access to that power if they become worthy of it. And I feel like sometimes people are asking the wrong question. Why can't women hold the priesthood instead of just appreciating the, the particular roles that we have in the gospel and the beautiful plan that God created for us? And I feel like if we focus more on that and on God's plan and on how we can make ourselves worthy— then we'll just have so much more fulfillment in life through achieving what 
Heavenly Father has desired for us to achieve. Beautiful. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, there, I hopped on to, to LDS, or no, 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 the Church of Jesus Christ.org. Um, and it, uh, it talks about priesthood. I, I really like it because it makes a connection between the priesthood and women's responsibilities and how they're both like equally as important um, as what uh, was just touched on. Um, but it says uh, the priesthood is the power of God delegated to man by which man can act in the earth for the salvation of the human family. Um, and then it talks um, with women. It says her special gifts are to be exercised for the benefit and uplifting of the race. So both are like the same, they have the same purpose. The, the priesthood is used to um, bless everyone and help everyone like on their way and women are doing the same thing. Um, and it talks later how um, without women, men with a priesthood wouldn't be able to um, exercise the full potential of the priesthood. Um, Elder Bruce R. McConkie said, uh, in the true patriarchal order, man holds the priesthood and is the head of the household, but he cannot attain a fullness of joy here or of eternal reward hereafter alone. Um, woman stands at his side, a joint inheritor with him in the fullness of all things. Exaltation and eternal increase is her lot as well as his. So it's men are helping that that priesthood that um god has blessed um the the men with is helping women achieve their full potential and it's working side by side the women um help the men to be able to like it's like how our relationship with christ is supposed to be half and half like we have to do our part so he can do his part and that um in a marriage, uh, the women are doing their parts um, that allow the men to be able to, I feel like I'm just rambling on, but they, they work hand in hand to be able to um, complete that central goal. And neither one um, can succeed without the other. You're not rambling. You're sharing spiritual knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, I, while I was sitting here listening to all of the amazing spiritual thoughts, it just kind of came to my mind that, um, a family and men and women in the priesthood is kind of like a puzzle. Each puzzle piece is incomplete without the other puzzle pieces, and there's no puzzle piece that's better than any other puzzle piece, and there almost nothing without being together and creating a whole puzzle, making a beautiful picture. And like the priesthood are the chinks, I guess, in each puzzle piece that connects like each puzzle piece or person together. And I just thought that was a interesting way to think about it. Personal revelation at its finest. There you go. That's like my whole point in like two seconds. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, no, 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 that was really good. I love 
that there was a huge emphasis to try and compete with the men because that's not what Heavenly Father intended. He didn't intend for us to be in this power struggle with who's better than the other. And like, that's just Satan trying to manipulate us and make the priesthood can't get by it. And yeah, I definitely love that thought. Um, does anybody else have any other comments that they want to add? If not, I figured we've already shared some of them, but has had any favorite quotes that you wanted to share from conference? Oh, let me look this up. I gotta find this talk. Hold up. While you're looking that up, I can go ahead and share one. I know that one of my favorites was from the prophet, President Nelson, and it's our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ into action. And just when he said it and the way he said it, I don't know what it was. It just kind of like hit me. And I was like, goodness gracious, I've got to get my act together. You know, like that kind of like, where you're like, oh, I've got to do stuff. Um, it was just kind of, you know, real where I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to stop it. Okay. Um, Awesome. Love that. So this is from Elder Dale G. Renlin's talk, um, Consider the Goodness and Greatness of God. Um, and this is probably one of my favorite quotes. It's definitely up there um, throughout all of conference. So it says, as you act on those words, hear him and listen to him. Remember joyfully and reverently that the Savior loves to restore what you cannot restore. He loves to heal wounds you cannot heal. He loves to fix what has been irreparably broken. He, comp he compensates for any unfairness inflicted on you. And he loves to permanently mend even shattered hearts. Um, and I, that's just incredible. Um, the things that Christ does for us and half the time we're focused on ourselves and we're making our own mistakes. He is always there ready to pick up our broken pieces and his hand is always outstretched which is amazing okay i call going next because i have something that fits part of that <laughs> favorite quote or one of my favorite quotes was, um in the talk ensuring a righteous judgment by james a rasband and the quote that i just loved was the savior heals the wounds we cannot heal um and i think that so perfectly just sums up why we need him um, there's only so much we can do, and he'll do the rest. Um, there's no reason. What? There's no reason not to come unto Christ. He heals and restores. He mends all that we have broken. He takes what we bring to him, and he makes it whole. He makes it better. He makes it holier. He fills the gaps, the longing of our hearts, with gold. And I think that if you're weary, longing, desperate, or overwhelmed, um, you can find rest and restoration in him always. And as we hear multiple times um, throughout, I guess, just the course of the history of the gospel, we can look to God and live. Uh, we can open our eyes and be healed and restored by the knowledge of truth and love that our Savior offers us. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. Like, awesome. Mm, Y'all are so good. Pretty good. 
<laughs> I'm gonna have to write all these down later because they're all so beautiful. Um, if I may, of course. I uh, from the talk "Deep in Our Heart" by Douglas D. Holmes. I like the quote that says, "To effectively serve others, we must see them through Heavenly Father's eyes. Only then can we begin to comprehend the true worth of a soul. Only then can we sense the love that Heavenly Father has for all His children." And I uh, really love that because we tend to get caught up in ourselves and then we look at others and if they're different from us or like in any way, then we think kind of down on them in a way, but we got to see them through Heavenly Father's eyes and he loves everyone. And then that way we can see the goodness in everyone we meet. And I'm trying to work on that. So that just really spoke to me i'm gonna hop in because i have something perfect goes with that and it's others as god does is a gift and i really love um and may i add to that see ourselves as god sees us as a gift and um i've been praying recently to uh myself and so that way i can see others in the way that heavenly father sees me because the only way to know how Heavenly Father sees and how Heavenly Father sees me is through Him telling me or showing me, you know, um, through personal revelation and creation and different things like that. I thought that was really cool. It went really well with yours. Um, I just kind of want to add on really quick. Um, I really like uh, what Taryn said, um, talking about seeing others, like how Christ would see them. Um, and through my experiences with Anson and just trying so hard to get him to see, because the things that he believes are so in line with what we believe, um, and the truth. And, um, I've been trying so hard to get him to see that. And, um, I think the more I think about it, the more I realize that there's only so much I can do. Um, in, uh, Bonnie Corden's talk, she said, um, that if we bring others to Christ, then he will touch their hearts and he will do the rest. Um, and so it's just been really cool uh, learning to look past what religion people are or what title they have. Um, because when you look deep inside, um, that's what's going to matter. And that is what we should all be focusing on. Um, and it is super hard. It's <laughs> it can be very hard. Um, but that is probably the biggest thing that I've learned from conference is just trying not to see people um, from the titles that they have um, and trying to really um, see them as Christ would. Yeah, definitely. Does anybody have any favorite quotes that they want to add? If not, I'm going to share two more that I like. I'll try and be quick with them. But um, one says, I invite you to the this coming forth of the Book of Mormon in was by I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Ulysses Soares. Ulysses Soares. That's how you pronounce it. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love but this. But I love the fact that coming forth of the Mormon in your life, because like 
we're always taught that it was written a really long time ago and then even sometimes it's like oh it was written for you but just to think about how I can make the book and, and the teachings and the all of that amazing, beautiful things in my life is just super cool and I really like that um, and then my last one that I want to share is even in our deepest is love as we trust him and his will and that was by John A. McEwen um, you know just that idea of like I said earlier of a warm hug from Heavenly Father where it's like want us I really liked oh what was it it was a and it said something like daughter of the god of love he wants you by his side and I, that is like my favorite thing ever just to think about how he is he really god of love. he loves us and he wants us to love others and the first commandments to love god and love your neighbor and how everything around love his love he wants us all these amazing things because he loves us and just like oh my gosh like i love that that was one of my favorites sounds of me um i do want to hop in i have a quote um from again uh bonnie h sister bonnie h gordon um she talked a lot about light and how we can use our light um and so she said uh the lord's invitation to let our light so shine is not just about randomly waving a beam of light and making the world generally brighter it's about focusing our light so others may see the way to christ Um, And later she said, you and I have enough light to share right now. We can light the next step to help someone draw nearer to Christ or to Jesus Christ. Um, And that's really incredible because a lot of times we don't focus our attentions and our uh, lights. Um, That really stuck out to me because, um, yeah, I I feel like so many times I'm just randomly um, doing all these things and trying to like, it's like, um that boy who was who was throwing the starfish in the ocean um while that's incredible and that's really good um we should be focusing our light and trying to work um on a on a set goal or something um but yeah that just that really spoke to me and i think that's incredible i love that whole talk oh my gosh thanks yeah i need to Now, forever hold your peace. Quotes. <laughs> if not, I figured on. And like I said before, I don't need to share anything personal. But if anybody has anything that they learned that they or answered questions, if they got that you'd like to share, nothing personal, of course. But yeah, does anybody have anything they want to share? Um, I know I, I keep taking the, the spotlight and I don't mean to be handled <laughs> so bad. Um, but I, I've had a lot of issues with, um, fighting with the adversary. Um, and there's this talk that says, doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. And I really struggle with that because, um, I feel like it's just this constant war whenever I, experience something that's just like oh my gosh this is right this is true I believe in this then immediately it's like uh are you sure because this and this and this and this and I just I 
like disregard whatever I just saw and it's like useless like I feel like Heavenly Father is trying so hard to get to me and I'm just like shutting him out um and this um this general conference really helped me to realize that I need to just stop living in fear and stop doubting my doubts or um not doubting my doubts uh stop doubting my faith and the things that I know to be true um and I had a revelation um I also have a big problem with trusting um in God because um I yeah I haven't seen him I have never met this person um and so it's it's kind of hard for me to put all of my faith in this being um so with trying to figure out what I'm doing with the rest of my life. It's kind of scary to try and put that in somebody else's hands, but I have decided um, that I want to go on a mission. Um, And that is something that I've been battling with kind of my whole life. Um, But I feel like a mission is going to, if I give that time to the Lord and I just say, okay, here's my faith, here's my trust in you, then he, that's going to kind of line up the rest of my life. Um, so that's, that's something big I got from conference. <laughs> First of all, congrats for deciding to serve a mission. <laughs> Second of Thank all, you. I definitely struggle with the same thing about fighting with the adversary and him being like, well, I'm sure that's true. And I'm like, well, I wasn't sure it's true, but what if it's not true? And something that really with this conference mm-hmm. was when somebody said I forget exactly who but somebody said Lord loves effort and it's just that reminder of like well if I try even if it's not exactly what um what I need to be doing to be perfect I'm not going to be perfect but if, even if this isn't the right if I go forward in faith I know that Heavenly Father will help me figure out what to do and he guide me towards stuff because something that the adversary definitely with is, well, what if this religion isn't true? But then I'm like, well, but what about this all, all of this beautiful, amazing stuff confirmed to me it's true? And it's just this whole battle of like fighting that, sorry, and just the fact of like, the Lord loves effort. And if I make an effort to do the right thing, if this wasn't the true church, he would towards what was the true church. And I'm grateful testimony in this church and to know that this is the the gospel amen (laughs) amen yeah (laughs) anybody um i i um well (laughs) the part that stuck out to me most in all conference was actually the very beginning um in President Nelson's just opening remarks. Um, Because, so, I've been struggling with, to be honest, I don't even know what lately. And, like, it's just like a battle inside of myself, um, trying to still find, like, happiness and trying to feel like myself again. And so my big question that I wanted, like, asked so dearly was how can I still find joy and feel the spirit even when I'm feeling like this? And 
uh, going through whatever it is. And um, President Nelson's opening remarks just immediately started talking about finding joy uh, through whatever hard times you're going through. He didn't specifically mention, like, what I was going through, obviously. But it just, like, it, like... I don't know how to describe it. It it was like someone just took a bucket of uh, ice water and just splashed it in my face. It was so powerful, and I don't think I'll ever forget that. And it just really spoke to me. And um, that weekend of General Conference was probably the first time in a while that I felt like my old self again. And... Um, I just felt so much joy and there was no, um, underlying thoughts or feelings of fear and loneliness. And that has just impacted me so much. I want to give you guys hugs. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's my dog. (laughs) He wants to tell us things about the... Yeah, Chloe agrees. Chloe really what he knows. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really liked what you said, Taryn, because I think a lot of people can relate to just like not feeling totally yourself and not being able to find joy. I know just so many people who are just searching for something. And sometimes it's hard because it's like you feel like you're doing everything right and you just don't know what you can change to feel more happiness. And sometimes that's just life. Like sometimes you're going through the motions, doing all the right things, and you still just don't completely feel yourself. You don't completely think that you have access to all of the joy you should be feeling. But um, sometimes that's just how it's going to be because no one's perfect and life isn't perfect and we have to kind of suffer to gain appreciation for all of the joy that's offered to us but as long as we keep sticking with it and keep trying and keep searching and keep hearkening and eating and hearing god will bless us for our effort um and it might take a while it might take years or it might happen just out of the blue, like you hear a conference talk and it feels like you're being done with a bucket of cold ice and your eyes are just open. But God definitely does love effort. And the big thing is he will never give up on you if you keep trying to reach him because he loves you and he doesn't want you to feel alone or sad or anything less than joyous and happy. So he's with you all the time and he's trying to help you feel that joy and happiness. And that goes for everyone. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Something else that I was reminded of is I remember one of my, I was looking through my EFY journal. Um, I remember one of my, I don't remember if it was like my counselor or somebody said tree and what they they went into a little bit more depth but like basically it meant was like find a tree and sit underneath it 
and read the scriptures and just allow that time for stillness and um, to, you know, be in nature. It could be a literal a spiritual tree you know what I mean like just that time to be in quiet so that we can receive personal revelation and that is definitely something that I have been blessed to be able to do during the staying at home thing um, as I have the wonderful blessing to find time quiet instead of my day um and just days blending into each other. That's definitely something that I was reminded of is that I need to find time to under a tree and, you know, find that time for quiet. Because the nice. Lord speaks in quiet voices. Sometimes he's loud, but most of the time he's really quiet. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That is an awesome reminder to me too, <laughs> that I just need to, I need to set apart a time um, every day to just be in the Book of Mormon or um, read conference talks or just have that time where um, I allow him to come into my life and to be able to just sit with me and help me through everything and just give that time to him. Blessing in disguise. Who knew? Exactly. COVID-19. <laughs> we were talking about as a family how the whole like home-centered church supported has like come into full effect. Like we're not going oh gosh, to yes. physical oh my gosh, church. Yeah. We're staying at home and learning as a family. Mm -hmm. And how he was really, I mean, like I think the prophet knew the whole time that something like this was going to happen. He just didn't tell us. <laughs> Yeah, literally, since we haven't been able to go to church and go to activities and stuff, um, my family, we've been more devout in Come Follow Me and, like, studying this last week of Christ, like, than we ever have before. Like, it's just given us the time to be able to really sit down and, like, talk. Um, and that's incredible. It's doing really great things for my family. Yay. So there you go, guys. Be in Come Follow yes. Me because it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, I, as one of the last few things that we talk about, we could talk about the invitations and promises that were sent to us in conference. And I don't know if you um, remember any, but um, remind me if I'm missing, but uh, the list that I have is in the beginning somebody said and it wasn't I forget who it was and it wasn't very specific it was kind of general but he said make a righteous offering to the Lord and I've been trying to think more about that and what he means by that and I think it's like it's, it's a reminder of sacrifice and that we are going to have to sacrifice some things in order to be a part of the gathering of Israel like the prophet said what was it two three years ago now I think it was two years ago he gave 2018 that. yes however long ago that was. um but when he gave that worldwide youth devotional he talked about how we were going to need to make some sacrifices and um it was just a nice reminder of that so he invited us to make a righteous offering to the lord to fast mm -hmm. on good friday which was yesterday for us um because we're recording this on saturday 
And then <laughs> he said to hear him, which was a huge emphasis. And then towards the end, they said to work on family history as a way to draw on temple power uh, and as a way to help you to hear him. And then they said, as we keep our temple covenants, we can draw upon temple power even when we aren't in the temple, which was a promise that they made. And I really liked that idea of just like being able to access the temple power even when you're not in the temple, because obviously we can't go to the temple right now. But um, yeah, just that idea of that we have access to that power, even though we're not in the temple directly. So yeah, did you guys think of anything else? other invitations or promises um just to add to that whole temple spiel um i think it was elder bednar who had a quote and it was invite godliness through temple ordinances and i just really liked the wording of that invite godliness through temple ordinances so when we are fulfilling our temple ordinances or when we are even just worthy to go to the temple and when we're like making those changes and those sacrifices in our life so that we can be worthy enough to attend the temple, we are inviting godliness. Um, I thought that was really cool because obviously God is perfect, perfectly pure, all-knowing, and just how peaceful is it to know that we could invite that godliness into our own lives by following the commandments God has given us and by being worthy enough to attend the temple. Definitely. Yeah. And I love the idea of, I don't know where I heard this or when, I think it was a conference a while ago, but it was like, um, second to second to the temple, our homes are very sacred places. And this whole being stuck at home thing is a nice reminder that, um, that we can make our homes a sacred place and they can be a place of worship um, and that we can feel the spirit in our own homes. We don't have to um, go to a, go to church directly or go to the temple directly, which is both beautiful and amazing things. And I miss them so much, but it is nice to be able to feel the spirit at home with my family. It's really given me a different um, perspective of my home and it's definitely made my actions in my home a lot different. Does anybody have any last closing remarks that they'd like to share before we end about anything? Well, just a oh, sorry, God. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to challenge myself to, I guess, share the new proclamation with one person Ooh. that I know whether they're interested or not because it just to me just seems like it's not just meant for us it's meant for other people who don't know what our church is about and I think that could just be a real great way to and like introduce them I like that sure that's awesome I like that that's amazing I think kind of going along with the challenge thing I'm gonna try um, and look more outside of myself. Um, during this time, there's so many people who are scared and struggling and going crazy inside of their house. So just talking to somebody every day, calling someone, um, giving them an uplifting message or sending them an awesome quote that you like, I think I'm going to try and do that. 
um, get in touch with somebody every day just to make sure that they're okay. Um, and also, I think it would be super cool if we made this, like, Emma, this is totally your podcast um, and totally your idea, but um, we should definitely do, like, some sort of thing, like, weekly or every other week or something where we just get together and talk. Definitely. Um, and invite other people to, like, get on and talk. That'd be great. No, I because this has been a huge reminder to me of things that I need to be striving for. I completely for agree. What's really important. Me too. Yes. I post new episodes every other Sunday, in case you guys didn't know. So definitely, awesome. I would love to have you guys on here more often. And if you guys know of anybody else who would like to be on here, or if anybody listening would like to be on here, let me know. We can make, we can make this a regular <laughs> thing, you know? I like this. This has been fun. Yeah. Well, if nobody else has anything else to say, I think I'll have to let you ladies go. Yes, thank you so much for having us on here. This has been a big blessing just to be able to talk about the gospel so openly. Love you guys. Yeah. And thanks for being on here. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Love you ladies. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. 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 So much fun. Bye. Thanks for being here.